Yeah. To all my Negroes and Latinos. Uh, yeah. C.A. What up, man? Let's get real out here right now. So. Wise up, fight for the right fight. You know? Uh. Which is like, check it. Uh. Yeah, black power and brown Welcome to another episode of Self Shoots from the Hip. I'm your host, Joshua Self. And today I want to talk a little bit about colorism. So when I say I want to talk about colorism, I'm really wanting to focus on today specifically the results of interracial dating and interracial relationships. That is children of uh, mixed descent. So when you have, you know, children who are half black or you know half European or you know, half black and half, you know, Mexican or Asian etc. There are some issues that kind of get a little bit murky. So for some historical context, let's start here. Way back in the day when slavery was legal and whatnot, you know, there were some privileged white people who decided to you know, procreate with uh, black people. And, you know, they came up with some terms, you know, and those all those terms end up being offensive later on down the line. But mulatto is basically someone who is you know, half black, half white. Then they had these other terms, quadroon, which is one fourth black, octoroon, which is one eighth, and then hexadecaroon, which is one sixteenth. So when you consider like there even being a need to create these classifications when we're talking about, you know, these social hierarchies, later on, they created the, the one drop rule, which in some states was codified into law. And in a lot of areas, it was just socially accepted and the idea was that if you were um, just had one drop of black in your ancestry, you were considered black. So you take that, um, you take people who might be one sixteenth black or even less as time you know progressed, and how they're now considered black, you know, under this one drop rule. And now you fast forward to today, we have a lot of people who have you know lighter skin and you know people who sometimes have very European features, but their skin is darker than most Europeans would be. And now you have you know these these issues that arise in the forms of, of colorism. So consider that if a lot of the first mulattoes and whatnot came from forced relations by slavers and their slaves, the the children were often, you know, in, quote, the big house. And so you can imagine there being this resentment that would grow between the slaves in the field who were having to do the, the hard labor and whatnot versus slaves that were inside the house where, you know, you're less uh, beaten down by the sun and whatnot. You might receive small amount of privileges because you were actually the master's child. There can develop some animosity between these two groups. And now here we are in 2021. And unfortunately, we often have darker skinned people pitted against lighter skinned people. We have a lot of these stereotypes that surround darker skinned people, you know, being more feral, you know, being more tough, being more rough and, you know, light skinned people, you know, being a bit softer, more gentle, um, you know, more suave. And for women, you know, the idea that lighter skinned woman is more desirable than a darker skinned woman. 
and we see these effects when you look at at hollywood so we see you know on screen lighter skinned women are much more often employed than darker skinned women when it comes to filling the roles of black actors and black actresses you know wanting to, to push back against this idea that somehow person is more attractive, more desirable because they have lighter skin. A lot of this has to do with you know, proximity to, to whiteness. And that's unfortunate that we have to deal with these repercussions so long after the Civil War, so long after Jim Crow and whatnot, we're still dealing with this issue within the black community where we have people who are overlooked because their skin is darker. We have people who are passed up for you know promotions, passed up for certain opportunities whether it be in media or whatever simply because their skin is darker than someone else's you know a lighter skinned person might make white people feel more comfortable make them feel a little safer the, the idea that kind of floats around is that a darker skinned person is more likely to you know commit crime be more aggressive etc and unfortunately it's really damaging to everyone when we have these types of stereotypes that are floating around so it really sucks that we have this issue in 2021. The The basis of colorism started so, so, so long ago, and we're still dealing with it right now. And I feel like one of the answers to colorism is getting away from lighter skin being default more attractive than darker skinned. Even when I was a kid, you know, I would hear you know, rappers talk about, you know, I want you know, a light skin or I want a yellow bone or a red bone or whatever. Trying to get away from that notion that somehow lighter skin is more attractive and be more encompassing of of all of our people, particularly our, our women. But unfortunately, it's, it's difficult to really ignore this kind of a thing. It's easy to pick it up and not even realize that it's been picked up. And that's how pervasive these notions are. When we see it, hear it all the time, we kind of internalize it without even realizing that it's there, which makes it so much harder to, to get out from under it. It makes it so much more complicated to disassociate ourselves from some of these ideas. It's something that we have to really aggressively try to take on and push back against because all of our people deserve love. All of our people deserve opportunities and deserve chances to be successful, to get ahead in life. And the worst part about it is that it's us in our own community that is really forcing it more than people on the outside. Like it's, it's our own black people that are talking bad about darker skinned black people all the time. We've got to try to be more unified. We've got to try to come together and lift up all of us and not just the ones that fit these ideals that have come from white people. We need to embrace ourselves more to love ourselves better and kind of discard some of these European notions of, of beauty, like trying to live up to European beauty standards when we're not that like we're black people, we're, we're not white people. And we have adopted too many of their standards and it's really killing us. So for the children of a lot of these relationships, for the people who are mixed, who have different heritage, it is very difficult for them because they're often forced to choose, you know, do you want to be white? Do you want to be black? Do you want to be Mexican or black or you know, Japanese or whatever? It's very complicated to have, you know, two parents who are of different backgrounds, of different ethnicities, different heritage, and trying to, to balance them, trying to navigate the world as a product of both of these different groups is it's it's tough because the the idea of the one drop rule and similar notions are are very prevalent still in our society where we're basically trying to force people to be within one particular category 
it makes it easier for us to interact with them. It makes it easier for us to understand who they are, how they're, what they're coming from. I, I sympathize. You know, I, I don't understand it myself, but I, I can only imagine it being challenging, you know, to have parents who are so much different than each other and trying to navigate the world, you know, particularly when we're looking at issues and with black people and how black people are treated. When you have black people being killed by white people legally, it's got to be difficult to be a child who you know, has a white parent and a black parent. Like, how do you approach these issues? You know, when you're they're raising you, you know, trying to understand, like, where you fit in in the world when you have these groups that are often in opposition to each other. Not that it necessarily has to be that way, but that's just often how it is. It's got to be very difficult. It's got to be very challenging. And I wish there was a way to make it easier for them. And unfortunately, I don't really know if there's, you know, just press this button and all of a sudden everything gets simple. And then we have to kind of tackle, you know, on a day-to-day basis. And I think it's up to us, you know, everyone else to try to make it as easy on people as possible to understand that everyone is an individual and more than just who their parents are, which is, uh, it's complicated. You know, that requires getting to know people. That requires, you know, understanding people, learning about people, it requires asking questions, it requires some amount of research on our own. And most of us don't really want to do all that. We want to take the easy route and make things very, very simple for ourselves. Mixed children are, are going to suffer because of that. I'll, I'll end it here with Janae Aiko, who is a person of very mixed heritage herself. If you want me like you say you want me, then you do whatever. Yeah. Love me like you say you love me, we'll be down forever.